when it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Hi, my name's Joe Messa. I'm a lawyer and I'm also a big football fan. I'm a 25-year Eagles season ticket holder and there's a new post-game show in town. Welcome to the live post-game show with Derek Gunn, Mark Farzetta, Devin Caney, John McMullen, and the best right tackle in football, Lane Johnson. the live post game show mark farzetta Derek gunn devin katie with you welcome in everyone on 6abc.com as well as the jacob media youtube channel let's start it out with a classic eagles chant p h o t o s y n t h e s i as photosynthesis. Wow. Yeah. That was good spelling. That, I didn't know you. where you were going with that one, but that was good. That was uh, good photosynthesis, uh, <laughs> some people might know it, who are in the uh, horticulture field, as I once was many years ago as a landscaper. Anyway, folks, the best Eagles win of the season, uh, the most convincing Eagles win of the season, the worst Lions loss of the season, and they're 0-8, and that's saying something. Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens, they can only dream of beating the Lions as good as Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts did today. So there you go. Uh, yeah, it's the Lions. I still don't think that the Eagles are a good football team, but I just said, can we all agree on one thing? Everything we say of a positive manner on this show, it's with the, what, the parentheses? It's in the parentheses there of it's the Lions, right? Can we yeah. just so when people say, hey, it's the Lions. So just so when we say something positive and happy, right, like enjoying an Eagles win, just be like, oh, it's still the Lions. Like, we're, we all understand. Are we all agree, agreeing on that? Is that good? Yes, yes. Sure. So we sure. don't have to say it throughout the entire show. Well, I know it's the Lions, but, right, you know, just right. assume that we're saying that before we say what we're going to say. It's like when people say barring injury. Oh, really? Thank you. That was barring injury. But no, uh, let's look at this. Eagles run the ball over 40 times in this game. They throw the ball not even 20 times in this game, and they're able to beat the Lions. I mean, look, I, all I'm taking away from this was you did exactly what you were supposed to do against the worst team in the NFL. So congratulations on not being or being beaten by the worst team in the NFL. You did exactly what you were supposed to do in this game. You obviously came into it knowing you could run the football down their throats and you did just that. So that was great to see. Jalen Hurts was barely called upon in this game to make a huge play for the Eagles. I feel like every game we've watched up to this point has been Jalen Hurts, go make a play and then we'll see what the offense can do with that. 
But this was all about the offensive line. It was all about the running backs. Boston Scott looked good. You saw Jordan Howard get in there and look good. Kenny Gainwell came in and made some nice plays for you. I mean, all in all, it was a very good offensive game for the Philadelphia Eagles and a game I think you could take a couple of things away from, most notably the run game, and apply it down the line to maybe the Chargers next week. But as of right now, I'm looking at this and I'm saying, job well done. You did what you're supposed to do. Good job by the Philadelphia Eagles and Nick Sirianni in this game in particular there, Gunner. It's, it's nice to hear joy in your voice again, Mark, um, because it's been a long time since we've we could say yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to use a word today I never thought I'd use this season pertaining to the Philadelphia Eagles, and that word is flawless because they were flawless on both sides of the football. Running the ball 46 times for 236 yards, six quarterback sacks, uh, to give up a meaningless touchdown. They beat they beat Jared Goff like a drum. I mean, it, it was it was embarrassing for Goff. You know, we talk about man, we got to cover the Eagles. Thank goodness we don't have to cover the Detroit Lions, man. I mean, I mean, it would be depressing. I'd probably give up covering football if I had to cover the Detroit Lions. You know, but you know, this uh, look at this as a a feel-good, get-well type of game for this team. They had taken so much verbal abuse from the media, mm -hmm. from the fan base. It didn't help the situation when uh, Nick Sirianni came out talking about fertilizers and roots and, and budding flour and things like that. And, man, did the media and the fan base pile on when he mentioned that on Wednesday. But they came out and they smoked this team the way they're supposed to and they ran the ball the first series. I'm thinking, please don't abandon the run like you did last week. Please don't do it. And they kept running, and they kept running. The only thing, I'm sitting there watching them run the ball up and down the field. I'm thinking, I wonder how Miles Sanders feels right now. <laughs> you know, I know, I know, he, yeah. He's, he's not going to be able to play for another two games after this and maybe longer, depending on that ankle. But the bottom line is, and I said this throughout the course of the week leading up to this game, I don't care how they do it long as they win this game, because I didn't even want to think about them losing this game and then having to come back home bruised and battered to play a Chargers team in front of their home crowd and the crowd turning on them immediately instead of giving them the benefit of the doubt. So it's nice to sit here and talk about an Eagles win and to talk about all the positives they achieved in this particular game. And there's really no negatives in this game, from the play calling to the running, to defending, uh, to chewing up the clock, uh, to you know, a guy coming off the practice squad, a proven player like a Jordan Howard, uh, scoring two touchdowns, Boston Scott, who'd, who'd been nowhere to be found most of the season, scoring two touchdowns. I mean, and Darius Slade going back to Detroit and scoring a touchdown. I mean, what more could you – you couldn't have written a, be, written a better script for this game for the, for the visiting team. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, guys, it's, it's Halloween. We haven't touched on that. I know, you know, a lot of people are dressing up um, and we don't look like we're dressed up, but I am dressed up as myself. And that is a dumb Eagles fan who's about to invest in Miracle Grow. <laughs> I gave Nick Sirianni. We all did so much crap for that speech. It was a little bit over the top, a touch over the top. Uh, but you know what? Miracle Grow works. Botany works, apparently. So, you know, I take back what I said, at least about him this week. Um, this game was a must win for the team, for the players, for myself, for the entire city of Philadelphia's mm -hmm. mental health and morale around this team. 
I mean, Degan, you mentioned Mark being happy today. It's, I love to see you guys smiling. You know, we were in a dark place last week and the last few weeks. So this was definitely necessary. Uh, I do. I know we said that we're not going to say this, you know, oh, it's just Detroit. Um, and that's true. Detroit is not a good football team. But my thing is, has any other team blown out Detroit this much? I, I no. know leading no. up to this game, half the people were saying that we were going to lose because Detroit has had very close games. As, mm -hmm. as we've mentioned time and mm -hmm. time again, I was not, I mean, Gardner Minshew went in by the end of the game. So I'm confused. Um, <laughs> I don't, I am, I don't know if you guys feel the same. I'm very confused. I don't know when, what, when, and what changed, you know, Degan, you say it's flawless, but like, why, like how, you know, was something different, was it the miracle grow? I don't know. I don't know. Um, so I'm curious to get your thoughts on that throughout the show. I don't think it was miracle grow. I think it's finally Nick Sirianni um, analyzing the situation as the game unfolded and analyzing it properly and realizing that his offensive line was much stronger than Detroit's defensive front seven and that the easiest route, uh, route to success was to keep pounding the football until this Detroit made you throw the football, and they never really did. Um, it's not often you see any team in the National Football League run the ball 46 times in a game and chew up 236 yards in the ground on any opponent, even a bad opponent. You know, But everything fell into place for this Eagles team today. And, and again, I can't emphasize enough throughout the course of this show, this is something that they desperately needed. They, they needed something like this to get that dark cloud from over their heads, if, if only for a moment, and when I say a moment, if only for a week, to get that dark cloud from over their head, to get back in that feel-good mode, to go in that building on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and feel good about what they accomplished, coming off something positive they accomplished. Um, you know, we heard Fletcher Cox speak out after that Rams, uh, Raiders game about, you know, this is not what I do, uh, this is not how I'm, I'm, I'm effective. And, and, and you wonder when a player, a prominent player like that, start speaking out how long would it be before others follow because you know that uh, other players basically felt what Fletcher was saying but weren't going to speak up the way Fletcher did and that could indeed have an adverse effect if it continued to snowball downward it, it messes with morale it messes with chemistry guys start looking around and, 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 and finger pointing and things like that so we don't have to worry about that this week now let's see if Jonathan Gannon and Nick Sirianni and this coaching squad can build on an extremely positive situation moving forward from here. Oh, yeah. Uh, but that's where I have my doubts. But let's stick in the positive uh, realm. Come on, then. Mark. <laughs> no, when you, were like, when you said it was like flawless and it was perfect, there yeah. was one thing that happened earlier. We won't get into it right now, but there's one thing that happened earlier that I went, what are you doing? And then it was it was it was zero zero at that point. So I was still on edge. But uh, I did pick the Eagles to win. I did not pick them to win. Uh, you know, by you know, with with a forty one right. points on the board there. Right, uh, right. But I did I I did pick them to win fairly. Uh, but I picked them to win. Uh, but the one thing I want to see is hopefully a commitment to a more balanced attack. And I know that might be the most basic thing we could talk about after something like this. You're not going to be able to run the football on every team across the NFL the way the Eagles mm -hmm. did today. And I even felt like, especially in the second half of this game. It was almost like mercy running. Like you weren't trying to run up the score on the Detroit Lions. You were running the football to kill the clock. And also you were having success doing it. So there was no reason to really not run the football. But on the other side of this, I can't go back to this point enough. And I'm going to make it over the next two hours. 
you're talking about a game where you didn't say to Jalen Hurts, go win us this game. You did not say that. You said to the you said that a run game. You said that the offensive line go win us this game. We're going to invest heavily in you throughout this with the amount of run plays we're going to have. Two running backs, not not just Jalen Hurts scrambles for ten yards, fifteen yards, whatever it might be. But this is going to be a game where we're going to be committed to running the football with our running backs because we know we could get away with it with the matchup we have with our offensive line and your defensive line. And let's not forget. The Jack Driscoll, who was starting as a right guard in this game, leaves the game a couple of plays into it. Nate Herbig has to come back in. So, again, you're down another offensive line starter, quote-unquote, at least in the post-Brandon Brooks injury starter. So your offensive line is banged up again, yet you were still running the football as well as you could. This is a game where you could take away that philosophy and use it against the Chargers and use it as the season goes on against the Saints and then again also against the rest of the NFC East when you play them in December. So this is all something that you could take away as a positive. Uh, what's the word? Extrapolate and apply it later in the season. Other than that, uh, I, I like the idea that you took those that weight off of Jalen Hurts' shoulders. I love the idea that Boston Scott was in this game, albeit because of injury. He is a good running back. And I, for the life of me, it's not like Kenny Gainwell was some top 10 or even a first round pick that you had, or maybe even a second round pick that you had to insert into your offense and you had to make sure you used. I still couldn't figure out why he was getting reps over Boston Scott when Boston Scott is a proven commodity. And he went out there again when called upon and ran the football extremely well to the tune of two touchdowns and was very consistent throughout this game. One thing I'm kind of pleasantly surprised by was I don't think you saw one attempt at a screen to Boston Scott. I thought this was going to be a game if Boston Scott was going to be in it. Nick Sirianni would be happy, go lucky, you know, screens all, all the live long day. But he didn't do that in this game. He just was very simple, run between the tackles. You saw one really creative play with that play, too. I think it was Gainwell who ended up throwing the ball back to Jalen Hurts, who found Dallas Goddard down the field, I believe, in the third quarter of this game. So you saw some creativity in this offensive game plan, but then again, you saw mostly just the old-fashioned ground and pound. And we haven't even touched on the defense yet. Jonathan Gannon flipped the switch as well. I saw three different blitzes, two of them by mm -hmm. linebacker Alex Singleton. I think another one was by... Um, uh, I forget who it was. I think the safety came. It might have been Epps getting into the backfield on the other one. But you actually saw three separate blitzes by Jonathan Gannon's defense. So all in all, whatever they did, aside from just scouting the Detroit Lions and saying that they're a bad football team, they dialed up blitzes. They ran the football extremely well. And they basically sat back and let the game come to them. Nothing felt forced in this game. And I'd love to see the Eagles that comfortable next week against San Diego. Oh, geez, the L.A. Chargers. And we'll cross our fingers for that. I think the biggest thing was their ability to blitz was based on the fact that they didn't have to worry about Detroit's wide receivers. You look at every other team they have faced this year, they've faced upper echelon type wide receivers, guys who are speed merchants who can, if they find a seam, they can, they can hit it, you know, and take it to the house. Detroit does not have that wealth of talent. They have TJ Hawkinson, they have DeAndre Smith, and their other running back, Jamal Williams, didn't play today. You know, so they were very limited in terms of what they could do. Plus, they were beat up along the offensive line um, as well. That's not an excuse because the Eagles have been beat up all season long. But, you know, whoever did their homework on this Detroit team did a very thorough job in terms of what you can attack and what you can take away. And because they had two corners who, who would rather play man-to-man -man instead of sitting back playing a zone, it allowed, you know, guys like Marcus Epp, um, you know, uh, Kevon Wallace, you know, Devion Taylor, Guys like to be like that to be more assertive and to attack the quarterback more. Now that that method is not going to apply against other quarterbacks. You got a Justin Herbert coming up, you know, down the road. So you know, 
uh, that, that may not apply. They, they, I hope Jonathan Gannon doesn't go back to what we had to watch the previous seven games based out of fear, you know, but it worked today against this particular team. Jared Goff is not the most mobile quarterback. And if you looked at the body expression of Jared Goff throughout this game, you can tell he was defeated by the end of the first quarter in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And by the fourth quarter, him and that offense were mentally checked out of the game, basically. They were just trying to get off the field without getting anybody severely injured. So the Eagles Eagles pounded this team in submission. This game was over basically at halftime uh, with the way they performed today. And they came out, basically all they did was chew up the clock. I mean, think about it. This game started a little after 1 p.m. It was over by like 3.51. Most games go like three, three hours, 15, 20 minutes, you know, on a good day. This game was done in less than three hours. Yeah, uh, so, so basically the Eagles just – Kept the clock moving, pounded away at him, kept putting points on the board, and just beat Detroit into submission. Yeah, Devin, you hear this? Gunner is happy he's going to be able to go out there and uh, go trick or treating. So that's cool. Yeah, Gunner, or, or or go outside grilling. Yeah, I was going to stop raining. Do, if it stops raining, you, in, instead of handing out candy, do you just hand out like grilled meats and barbecue stuff? <laughs> oh yeah, yo ribs, uh, chicken legs, my my wings. Yeah, might throw a burger here and there, a little cheeseburger. Yeah, yeah. yeah I got all four that. grills going right now. You guys don't even know it. I'm, I'm going to show up at your house in my Ghostbusters uh, outfit just so I can get myself some chicken wings off the, the or, or David, how'd you put it? Just some meats, some fine grilled just meats. Some meats, yeah. yeah. Some, some grilled meats, you know? Some meats. Jeez. <laughs> Thanks, Mr. Gunn. All you right. Can tell, you, can uh, us, you can tell us Halloween. We're out of control already. We've just started. Oh, uh, yeah. You ain't kidding, my friend. Now, yeah. I, I want to say so, uh, Devin, you got in there a, uh, I believe, a botany reference. I got in yep. photosynthesis. Gunner, I believe you're the only one that hasn't filled out the flower bingo quite mm -hmm. yet as the show goes on. And uh, I will not. And you will not. All no. right. Going for it, let, let's, just, let's get this out of the way as well. And I, I mentioned we know it's the Lions, but when you do look at this game, you can talk about the blitzing and the aggression when you talk about the defensive side of the football with Jonathan Gannon. You can talk about running the football when it comes to Nick Sirianni's play calling and how ex how well they executed that as an offensive line as well. But what is something that you you saw today that you want to see more of going forward? I mean, we all know, can't say it enough, it's the Lions. But when it comes to this particular game, there are things I think you could take away from this and apply it to what could happen later in the season. And I know they're not going to run the football 46 times again. I know you're not going to call upon Jalen Hurts to only have seven carries in a game again while your running backs have a total of uh, 37 runs, I believe it was, in total. So I know you're not going to be doing that every single week. But I at least think you can, you, you can look at this game and say, we've rediscovered Boston Scott. There's no reason he shouldn't be getting touches, especially while Miles, Miles Sanders is not in these games. Gunner, you said it yourself. You're talking about at least two more weeks where he's not going to be in, possibly more, yep. depending on where he is with the ankle. So for me, the number one thing I'm taking away from this game is Boston Scott. There is no reason you shouldn't be using him going forward. Yes, even in your screen games, Nick Sirianni. And yes, of course, especially running between the tackles uh, as just a member of this offense regularly like a running back should. So that, to me, is the number one thing I want to see taken away from this game and applying it later in the season. Boston Scott's usage. Gunner, what do you want to see from this game going forward? Jonathan Gannis' defense take more chances in terms of bringing people down in the box, blitzing from different angles, you know, giving a quarterback something to think about that they may not have seen on film, whether it's a safety, whether it's an outside linebacker, linebacker in the middle, send more people to the house. Trust your corners on an island a little bit more to go one-on-one -on -one with certain receivers. Because as we've seen in the past, when you've tried to sit back and, and let the play come to you, you've gotten chewed up 
Because, you know, you let a quarterback stand back there and hold the ball three and a half, four and a half seconds, eventually somebody's going to come free. I don't care how many people you have defending. You can have three on seven, four on seven. Somebody is going to come free in a scramble drill situation like that. And we've seen this defense just thoroughly chewed up in the past because of their inability to be more aggressive. Well, we saw this defense be a lot more aggressive in this particular game, and rightfully so, because Detroit was so handcuffed. Now, there's got to be certain elements of your attacking style defense compared to that defense that you've been playing for the previous seven weeks that you can implement moving forward. And if you don't, shame on you because you're going to have more results like the previous seven or previous five of the seven, more so than what you had today. So you've got to find a way. When you look at the better defenses and even average defenses in the National Football League, they will blitz. They understand that this is an offensive-minded game. The game has now been structured to gear toward the offense and damn the defense. You know, the way the rules have been changed nowadays for professional football. So what do the better offenses do? They attack the quarterback. They get him off the mark. They mess up the rhythm. You make him throw the ball sooner. Make him throw the ball in the dirt. You know, get a couple hits on him. Soften him up a little bit. Give him something to think about. You know, so that's what this defense needs to do more of when you start uh, facing some of the better quarterbacks moving forward. Devin, what do you want to say? I agree with you, Gunn, you know, on defense, committing to the blitz and Jonathan Gannon actually playing to his players' strengths. I don't know if that was a direct result of what Fletcher Cox said or if maybe Fletcher Cox said something, Sirianni said something, even Howie and Jeffrey Lurie said something. I don't know. I love the change in game plan, and I hope that they stick to that. Uh, Getting to the quarterback, Josh Sweat obviously had an incredible game, and I know the Lions O-line stinks, but – I think no matter what, we should try to to do that a bit more. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, you mentioned Boston Scott, obviously amazing game. I want to mention Jordan Howard. He's someone who I think was one of the biggest head scratches when he was placed on the practice squad back before the season started. Uh, and I know he's in because of injuries, but I, I have always thought that he should be a part of the, the roster. And uh, I loved seeing what he could contribute today to today's game. Um, and then creative play calling. You know, you mentioned that I think it was like a flea flicker play where, mm. uh, yeah, and I, I liked seeing that. Um, the run game obviously taking advantage of, of Lions' weaknesses, but I want to see more of that because it didn't feel like you said forced and just so frustrating to watch, which it has been for mm-hmm. the entire season up until now. And have we not – I don't think we've seen jet sweeps, especially – I mean, Jalen Rager ends up leaving because he's injured. But yeah. a couple of times early in this game, you're seeing yeah. the offense get going, not just with the run game, but you're actually seeing jet sweeps. I haven't really seen too many of them this season. And look, whatever gets you running the football, whatever brings the defense in a little bit so you can let her set up the pass with the run, that whole thing. But Jonathan Gannon really – he impressed me the most in this particular game in terms of creativity. Excuse me, Nick Sirianni impressed me the most in terms of creativity – the most since week one against the Atlanta Falcons, mm-hmm. where you saw a lot of different things emptied out of the playbook. And he came out after that game and said, hey, look, this is just the beginning. We're just getting started. We're just dipping our toes into our playbook. Well, it might have t- mm-hmm. taken uh, another seven weeks to finally see something that was really impressive again from Jonathan Gannon, because you also saw that game against the, uh, the, the, the Panthers, for instance, and you really didn't see them start to empty that playbook again until much later in that game, in the fourth quarter, really. This was a game from start to finish, Maybe not so much in the fourth quarter because they were starting to take their foot off the gas a little bit. But this was a game in particular that you saw them really be in control offensively and defensively speaking from really from from jump 
and seeing that type of creativity, seeing those jet sweeps in tech, um, uh, integrated into the game plan, I thought was great because that was something they certainly had not put on film yet. And now it's something even without Jalen Rager for whatever could happen with him going forward, however much time he could miss. That's something you could do with a couple of different wide receivers on this team, especially Quez Watkins, who we all love the speed of. So those are things we can look at right now with this Philadelphia mm-hmm. Eagles team and say right there, not just the, not just against the Lions, but also next week against the Chargers and on down the line. Now, we're going to have our friend John McMullen join us from Detroit Rock City coming up in just a couple of uh, minutes, a little bit later in the show. We'll talk to him about all the things that go on in the post-game press conferences, when the players speak as well, Nick Sirianni, what he wanted to do going into this game. And we're also going to talk about not necessarily bulletin board material as it pertains from one team to another, but maybe a fan base and media reacting to that of what a head coach had to say. Uh, we're going to get into that uh, when we come back in a minute, but I do want to tell you a live post-game show is, of course, exclusively presented by Ocean Casino Resort. Go for the live show. Go for the win. More live post-game show when we return. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The live post-game show is powered by IBEW Local 98. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. John Doherty, business manager of Local 98, says it this way. The best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave.
Welcome back live post game show. Mark Farzetta, Derek Gunn, Devin Caney, 6ABC.com, as well as Jacob Media YouTube channel. On the heels of a 44 to 6 Eagles blowout victory of the Detroit Lions. And let's not forget this show is brought to you by Stateside Vodka, fueled by Stateside Vodka. Use promo code Jacob, you see it right there in the scroll, for 15% off of a one liter bottle. Go to statesidevodka.com. So, uh, one of the things I, I looked at earlier in the season, well, really, even before the season started, Nick Sirianni gets hired. We all watched the press conference, we know what that was. And Dan Campbell gets hired to be the Detroit Lions head coach. And does anyone remember what Dan Campbell was saying in that uh, press conference? Do you remember he's talking no. about biting something? No. Talking talk about no. biting people's kneecaps off. That that was that press conference, that intense press conference. And everyone, oh, Dan Campbell's over there talking about biting kneecaps. And Nick Sirianni's over here sweating bullets because he's so nervous being in front of the cameras. Well, the Eagles now have at least three wins on the season. <laughs> Dan Campbell, who has talked about a heck of a lot of other things in his press conferences, also challenging his starting quarterback in Jared Goff, he doesn't look so good. And this was a game, man, if we're talking about Nick Sirianni potentially being on the hot seat after one year, do you think Dan Campbell even sees a second year out there in Detroit? I don't, well, I don't know, but I, I this goes back to a lot of things that people had been saying, and I'm sure we'll hear throughout the week of it's just the Lions, it's just the Lions. Yeah. A lot of what I was hearing and seeing before this game was, oh, Campbell's mm-hmm. a much better coach than Sirianni. You know, he's so intense. He calls out his quarterback in press conferences. Yeah. So, I mean, I know it's our fan base. You know, it's easy to change your opinion. But I think just keeping that in mind throughout the week as, as we see uh, – the takes on this game will be interesting. <laughs> certainly, certainly. And and the, the, the reason I bring it up is because we talk about bulletin board material, as I was saying before the break. Mm-hmm. And we talk about whether or not that really resonates in a locker room. I certainly think it does, because I look at bulletin board material as a, as a reason for a team to focus. And what do we mm-hmm. often say goes into a loss? A lack of focus. They weren't focused enough. They weren't concentrating enough on this game. They were distracted. Well, bulletin board material, like Nick Sirianni wearing a you know beat Dallas shirt or whatever, that helps a Dallas locker room focus. Do you think Nick Sirianni played this in a way where I think he was genuine with his locker room flower speech, but then once it got crazy out of hand by media, myself included, I'm not taking myself away from this, and also uh, fans on social media coming out saying, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. He's talking about flowers in front of the locker room full of football players. Do you think that this team rallied behind Nick Sirianni at all? Or is this the just a classic case of, no, the Lions are just terrible. Nick Sirianni could have talked about biting kneecaps again this week if he wanted to, and they still would have come out with the same offensive output today. Do you I, think it had anything to do with how well the Eagles played? No, I think I think this team rallied around its overall cause. I don't think this performance today had anything to do with rallying around Nick Sirianni talking about flowers and fertilizers and stuff like that. I, I think this was a team that is tired of, of taping, uh, taking a verbal lashing. Uh, you have a lot of prideful guys in that locker room, a lot of guys who have played winning football before. You look at the Kelseys, the Fletcher Coxes, uh, guys like that, the Avante Maddoxes, uh, the Lane Johnsons, you know, a lot of these guys. Um, and, and they were tired of it. You know, you, we talked in recent weeks about Jason Kelsey and his body language that we saw as he walked back to the huddles at times about how frustrated he was. Fletcher Cox came out verbally talking about how frustrated he was. Other players talking about their frustrations to a certain degree. Um it was just it was just their time. It's the perfect perfect storm. And the thing I love about this game, 
is that because you only get to play it once a week, you just never know what to expect week to week. Prime example, you know, final just in. The Jets upsetting Cincinnati. I mean, when you think about who Cincinnati beat in a span uh, of of uh, eight days prior to this game, and Cincinnati going into this game was the number one seed in the AFC. If the playoffs were to start today, and some guy named Mike White, quarterback in the Jets, throws for over 400 yards on Cincinnati's defense, which is a pretty good defense, an opportunistic pretty good defense. And they put up 34 points against the Cincinnati Bengals. So we just never know what's going to happen week to week. And that's what I love so much about the game. We sit throughout the week and we analyze these games and matchups and strategies and, and talk about what should happen and, and, and what we hope will happen. But you never know what's going to happen until the game is played out. Now, I was among the many going into this game saying, and I said it many, many times on different platforms throughout the week, I fully expect Detroit to get their first win of the season against the Eagles today because the Eagles don't do this. The Eagles don't do that. The Eagles don't do the other. The Eagles did everything today. I didn't expect them to do running the football with authority and not stopping from start to finish running the football, the defense, um, you know, just clamping down on Jared Goff and, and embarrassing their Detroit Lions inept offense and then putting up over 40 points against Detroit a Detroit team that had lost two games by field goals and basically took the Rams down to the wire last week and were going in for the actual go-ahead score until Jared Goff threw their pick at the goal line to Jalen Ramsey, which completely turned the complexion of the game. So, you know, always expect the unexpected in this game. And, you know, and, and I'm looking at other scores around the league right now, you know, Titans and Colts are in overtime, you know, and we thought we thought the Colts had that game and all of a sudden Tennessee rallies back. So that's the beauty of this game. It, you know, you, some things you can predict about this game, some tendencies you can expect to see week in and week out with certain teams that have definitive identities. But with a team like the Eagles, we don't know what to expect week in and week out. And when they come out on top, which has been a rarity this season, that was that, that's what makes it even more special is when we can sit here talk about and talk about the amazement and the other, other surprising nature in which they were able to accomplish what they did in this game. Mm -hmm. mm. I mean, that's why, though, I'm, I mentioned at the start of the show, I'm confused. I'm, ha I'm so mm -hmm. happy at the outcome of this game and how we played today, but it doesn't make any sense. Our starting running back goes down, <laughs> yeah, right. and then all of a sudden we're running the ball successfully. And just so many little things like that that are very confusing. And, like, did, were we this talented all along? You know, again, what changed aside from the obvious here? Uh, but going back to, you know, low points and morale, and we talked about Jason Kelsey last game and Fletcher Cox spoke out, and, and it was looking, and it could still be. I don't want to say it's going to be all sunshine and rainbows from here on out, but uh, to me it was looking very close to rock bottom. And there was a tweet that uh, our friend Trey Thomas, who has been on the show, put out after mm -hmm. that fertilizer speech when all of Eagles Twitter and everyone was kind of making jokes about it. And he uh, he's looking pretty pensive, and he says, "Sitting here thinking I was the so thinking was I the soil, the root, the water, or the fertilizer?" Hilarious tweet. <laughs> that like. I died laughing, but I was also like, this is a low point. A mm -hmm. former player who supports this team through thick and thin, Trey Thomas, is making a joke. Like, that's low. And I'm not saying – it's hilarious. I'm not saying he he did something wrong by doing that. But 
Uh, after that, I was like, we're not going to win another game this season. It's done. I, I, Fire I, everyone. I, burn it down. See, <laughs> see, Devin used the word happy. She's happy. The Eagles uh, won. Yeah. My, my, operative, my operative word is relieved. I'm not going to say yeah. I'm happy right now. I'm, I'm relieved mm -hmm. that they finally got this, this proverbial you know, monkey off their backs, if, if for nothing more, a week. You know, now you have to build upon this. And, and because of the inconsistency of what we've had to endure this season, I don't know what to expect from this team moving forward. You know, right. I, I don't know what John, I don't know what Nick Sirianni's next speech is going to be. I don't know how they're going to come out and try to attack the, the, the LA Chargers yeah. or if they're going to play right into the Chargers' hands, you know. So, it, it, and I can't emphasize this enough it's a relief to be able to sit here and, and laugh and, and, and feel good about what they did in this particular game, if only for this particular moment in time. Mm. All right, you did it. Now I got to say it. All right, there was one thing that really upset go. me. One thing that really are the early goings, the very early Why? goings. Why? The, the, Why? the Eagles have the ball on their own four-yard line. Yes. And Nick Sirianni calls a shotgun to have Jalen Hurts stay like in the end zone. Who does that? Who oh, put yeah, his own quarterback that. in the yeah. end zone to start a play? Just get the gun him under center, hand the ball to Boston Scott right up the middle. And then after that, they scored 41 points. So I'm not that upset. But just in that first play, I was thinking to myself, what are you doing? This has nothing yeah. to do with fertilizer. You're, you're, you're now a weed. Oh, come on, man. That was really it. That's it. Now I just got that out. So are now I'm done? done and I'm are, back are to you. I was going to say, we, we should have a segment of negativity, maybe, <laughs> or, or concerns. Like, I yeah. can go. I can piggyback. I remember what you're talking about, and I forgot because then we did score 40-plus points after that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I remember even uh, one of the play-by-play the -play was like, oh, that's an interesting choice. Um, <laughs> you know, it's bad when, when they comment on that. Um, yeah. Devontae Smith. Um, I don't want to mm -hmm. say, you know, bad job. I'm, again, just a little bit confused why – his first uh, completion wasn't or reception wasn't until the third quarter. I don't know if that was on him, if that was on Jalen Hurts play calling or what. Well, he had that um, drop on that same series. He had a drop. Yeah. yeah. yeah and that was on, yeah. on him. I thought I didn't yeah, know. hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I like he's Devonte Smith and, and I just want to see more from him. I was a little bit uh, confused by, by his performance today. I, I think it was based on Detroit decided to double up on him and, mm. and and preferred to go one-on-one -on -one, uh, with the other Eagles weapons. But as we saw, the Eagles pass catchers didn't have to do much catching because they spent most of the day blocking, uh, helping the offensive line block and open, opening up holes for running backs uh, who, who are running through gaping holes at times. And, you know, you look at the way Boston Scott and Jordan Howard run the ball, you know, they, they don't go down on initial contact. You know, the legs mm -hmm. are constantly churning and they're picking up two and three additional yards, in some cases four or five additional yards and that's how you take the steam out of a defense when you're when you're when your running game is going like that and the running backs are not going down on initial contact that wears a defense down mentally as well as physically and you could tell Detroit's defense man even when they had that halftime break and came out and Eagles kept running the football they were they were done they were basically mm -hmm. done because they no matter what they try to do how they try to stack the box the Eagles kept picking up positive yards. Very few plays they had today were negative plays. Mm -hmm. And that's demoralizing to a defense. You know, they've got to sit in that locker room and stand at the podiums and stuff like that and answer the questions of how do you let any team run for 244 yards in your backyard and run the ball 46 times? They've got to think about that. It's bad enough they're 0 for the season. But now they've got to think about – and the question is going to be asked the way we've, we've asked it throughout – um, the week's here. 
have the Lions quit on the coaching staff? Have they quit on each other? So now they've got to stand there and defend themselves in terms of whether or not they're acting like and performing like professional athletes, you know, which is what we question the Eagles on for weeks now. So, you know, that's, that's a demoralizing scenario to be in. It's good, and it's a good thing the Eagles are on the giving end instead of the receiving end again. Should we send John McMullen to the Detroit locker room instead of the Eagles locker room just to see what they're saying over there, see if we they should. have quit? We should. We should. John, dip your toes in the other locker. Just see what's yeah. going on over there. I'm um, sprints to both locker rooms. <laughs> but uh, in all seriousness, uh, you said uh, happy. You were happy, Gunner. They, 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 uh, what? What did, what did you say? Pleasantly no, surprised? No, De- no, Devin said happy. I said there's nothing wrong with being happy. I said right. I'm not going to use the word happy. Relieved. I'm, use, I'm using the word relieved. Relieved. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pleasantly yeah. surprised. Right, because I yeah. my I, I picked the okay. I picked the Eagles to win this game. My my final score was twenty four right. to twenty three. I thought the Eagles would put up a bunch of points in the first half and then make us all sweat out the second half. Right. But uh, they they didn't do that. They controlled from start to finish. They scored forty four mm-hmm. points, forty four to six, getting that win. That's great. Um, but again, I I'm looking at this really no different than I am as I look at next week's game against the Chargers. Like I didn't expect the Eagles to play as well as they did. I expected them to play good, but not this well. And they played this well. Uh, but I, for me, it doesn't change a whole lot. I didn't think that they were the worst team in the NFL. I did worry about Nick Sirianni's game plan going into this. I did worrying about consistently throwing the football against this Detroit Lions team and not just trying to out-muscle them with your offensive line, even if you were going to be down Jack Driscoll earlier, who was going to be you know, obviously your starter. But when you look at this game from afar and you think about how they were going to game plan it, I didn't have confidence – and Nick Sirianni being as aggressive in the run game as he was. Right. I certainly didn't have uh, any any idea uh, or confidence that Jonathan Gannon was going to be aggressive from a defensive standpoint, and they did it to the nth degree to the tune of six sacks in this game. Going into this game, just for perspective, going into this game, the uh, the Detroit Lions had allowed seven sacks over – or excuse me, 17 sacks over their first seven mm-hmm. games of the season. Mm-hmm. Compare that to the Raiders – Going into that game with the Eagles and the Raiders, Derek Carr had also been sacked seven or excuse me, 17 times going into that game. The Eagles weren't mm-hmm. able to sniff him in that game. This time mm-hmm. around, because you don't have a quarterback uh, as smart, like Derek Carr is a smart quarterback, uh, Jared Goff, not so much. But when you watch this game, the Eagles were able to take advantage of every single opportunity Jared Goff gave them by holding on to the football for that one extra half a second even for Josh Sweat to get in there, for mm-hmm. Fletcher Cox to try to break up the, the middle of that defensive line, for your blitz to try to get home or at least disrupt the defensive line like Alex Singleton did on the Derek Barnett sack. That I would never have in a million years guessed that Jonathan Gannon was going to be that aggressive with his defense, which is off the charts aggressive compared to what we have seen throughout this season. So to see those two coaches step up with their own game plan and acknowledge what they were playing against and decide to exploit it the way they did in this particular game, I, that I couldn't be happier with. That I couldn't be more pleasantly surprised with. Now learn from it. Enjoy it. And as I've been saying throughout the first hour of the show, now apply it to the other games that you have later in the season because the fan base, believe it or not, Every once in a while, they know what they're talking about. As Jason Kelsey said two weeks ago, this was an example of them knowing what they're talking about. And it's not just because it's the Lions. These schemes, these concepts can work against better football teams. Why not use it? Why not? Here's what, here's what I have a problem with. Uh, I talked to um, uh, Stephen Nelson earlier in the week, and he referred to Jonathan Gannon's defensive scheme as genius. It's a genius defensive scheme because they don't want to allow the big play. Okay. But every once in a while, don't you as a defense want to make a big play on your own so that you're keeping the Mm -hmm. offense guessing? 
And I think them being able to take Jared Goff off, off any time, I'm not even talking about a rhythm in terms of completing passes, right. but just in terms of a three-step drop, getting comfortable in the pocket, maybe hitting a shot down the field later. They were able to keep him off of any type of rhythm, the entire offense off of any type of rhythm, mm -hmm. because for the first time all season, we actually saw them play aggressive football. And mm. that, to me, is something uh, probably more than anything, including Boston Scott, I want to see taken for the rest of the season. See, see, what they did in this game is what good teams do to inferior teams. They broke down all of their weaknesses and attacked them on both sides of the football. And they kept attacking, and they kept attacking. And that's a lot of times what separates the better teams from the weak teams in terms of how do you strategize and attack, um, how do you attack your opponent to get, to get the better of them? And now the word has been out for a while. Detroit is just a bad, beat-up football team. And they're probably going to get the first overall pick in a draft next year. They need a quarterback in the future. And, oh, by the way, there really are no standout quarterbacks in this draft coming up next year. Uh, so – the Eagles basically exposed, and other teams are going to try to do the same thing now and probably will have a good measure of success um, in terms of you can run on them all day. If you put pressure on Jared Goff, he has nobody to throw to except the tight end and the running back out of the backfield. Well, you can blanket them and make them so one-dimensional that it makes your day that much easier. Um, what, what teams were doing to the Eagles, now the Eagles did to somebody else. So, you know, it's, it's a very small fraternity in terms of uh, success and failure. And a lot of times there's a thin line. Now, talent is a big part of it, but a lot of times the, there's a thin line between success and failure in the National Football League. It's paying attention to the little details and doing it better than your opponent. Mm -hmm. I mean, and we talk about, oh, sorry, Mark. No, I, no. I was just going to say, you know, we talk about progress and, and how one of the most frustrating things, uh, especially from Nick Sirianni, if not the entire coaching staff has been that we just didn't see any progress, any improvements, any adjustments. Um, and I think we saw that today. Finally, I think, you know, we talk about being relieved and, and the emotions we feel, I think happy, uh, at least for me kind of captures relief mm -hmm. and pleasantly surprised mm -hmm. and all of those things, but also a little bit, um, you know, like, Hmm, because I think this game was one of those determining games where people said, if we had lost this game, mm -hmm. someone was going to get fired, whether or, or benched, right. you know, yeah. whether it was Hallie yeah. or Nick Sirianni or Jalen Hurts. I saw someone in the comments, uh, Ted just said Jalen wasn't smiling. I'm not going to read too much into someone not smiling. He rarely right. smiles. But, you know, it, it, how much of it was because they kind of had a fire lit under their butts and they were like, oh, wow, we really like the pressure's on. We, we got to step it up here or we're done. Yeah, I um, I don't know. I'm trying to take it all. What would you call it, with a grain of salt? Mm. Just because, like, and, and some other people are pointing out. And I think you mentioned this earlier, Devin, about just you know figures and your number one running back gets hurt, and now it takes you that right. to start running the football. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I think this is gonna make us bang our heads against the wall next week. I think mm. next week, just to jump way ahead of ourselves here, to not even enjoy this win for 24 hours, right? <laughs> I, I just feel like we have seen the Eagles run the football well, and then they get away from it. And there's no better example of that than last week's game against the Raiders, where you saw them come out running the football. They even set up a, a nice pass down the field to, to Dallas Goddard and uh, that whole mm -hmm. thing. And then I, I was fully expecting this week for them to get away from it. Gunner, and I think you referenced it earlier. Mm -hmm. They came out running the football, and it was like, okay, they're doing it again. Now are they also going to not run the football later? So it was a matter of when they were going to take away what was working for them for no other reason than, ah, okay, it's time to start throwing the ball again. 
but I can't remember an Eagles game in the last 30 years where they just ran the football, ran the football, ran. I mean, you got to go back to like Ricky Waters, for instance, when they ran the football this much with their running backs. And that to me is a far cry from anything we've seen in the Reed, Kelly, Peterson, and obviously the Sirianni, very young Sirianni era so far. So next week, are we going to be doing the same thing, waiting for them to go away from it? Or now these last two games, they started with it, got away from it. This game, they stuck with it throughout the entire game. Are we now seeing a new version of the Eagles offense going forward where they feel a lot more comfortable running the football? Maybe they've actually finally figured out that with a young, inexperienced offensive line, guys that are just looking to get their reps, maybe it helps them a little bit to run the football as opposed to trying to hold a pass block for three, four, five seconds. Maybe the thud and done is a better way to get these guys integrated into an offensive game plan in the NFL Maybe instead of just throwing the ball every single play, maybe this is the best version of this team going forward in terms of, and only in terms of, not the production, but just the scheme. You're not going to get this production against many teams in the NFL. Most of them, not even a shot. But just the scheme of it, just the idea of what they did today, you can apply and have success down the line. Well, you hope anyway, because they're going to come across an opponent that's going to take away what they want to do. And they also should have the ability to take away some things that opponent wants to do. I don't think they're going to run the ball as effectively against that Chargers defensive front as they ran no. the football today. So what are you going to have to do? You're going to have to throw the ball more. Does your personnel match up well in the passing game against the Chargers passing secondary? That's what you got to find out. Is there a weak link in that Chargers pass secondary? Who do you attack to find that weak link? That's what they're going to have to figure out. And who's your primary weapon in the passing game? Is it Dallas Goddard? Is it Devontae? Is it finally uh, Quez Watkins being unleashed? Um, so that's what we're going to have to pa- uh, f- figure out in a hurry uh, to keep this thing moving, to see if they can get this this record back uh, to sea level and, and beyond at that point. All right. Well, uh, Devin, I think we're going to see a photo that you, you referenced earlier when we come back. Plus, I also want to spend a little bit more time on the defensive side of things. There's one player who is silently having himself a great season on the defensive side of the ball. He had another big play today. We'll talk about him in a second. Do want to remind the good people watching here on 6abc.com, as well as the Jacob Media YouTube channel that we are presented by Ocean Casino Resort. Go for the live show. Go for the win. John McMullen will be joining us coming up in just a little bit. Talk a little bit more on Eagles uh, live postgame show. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero carbs, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. The live postgame show is powered by IBEW Local 98. Welcome back live post game show. Mark Farzad, Derek Gunn, Devin Caney, John McMullen will be joining us just uh, in a couple of minutes. Don't forget to check out Jacob Media YouTube channel tomorrow morning for Birds 365 with Jody Mack and Johnny Mack brought to you by First Trust Bank, the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I want to say uh, that Avante Maddox is having himself mm-hmm. a season. They get mm-hmm. the punch out today. I know they call it the peanut uh, Tillman punch all the time now, but Avante Maddox punches that ball out. Uh, Darius Slay, Slay himself, scoops and scores it. That's a Detroit connection. Maddox from the area. Slay obviously played out there for all those years. He scores the touchdown. And Avante Maddox, if you remember going back to the the Panthers game, he was the guy that saved it from being 17-0 going Mm -hmm. into the second quarter with a big play that he made to break up a pass that, yes, was underthrown, but he still made the play on the football. And he really has been getting it done, had the big interception last week as well Mm -hmm. against the Raiders. Eagles, unfortunately, couldn't do anything with that. He also had a big stop on a third down play that they ended up having all the confusion with Nick Sirianni and whether or not he was allowing the Raiders punt team back on the field or taking them off the field, whatever. But bottom line is, Avante Maddox has had himself a really, really good season. And we can't say that too many times about an Eagles corner other than Darius Slay. I feel like he has really stepped up and has really gotten used to that role as, mm-hmm. as like your nickel corner again, where he's a lot better suited than trying to be your starting corner opposite Darius Slay so far this season. So happy for that kid. Um, you know, here's a kid who's small of stature but big in heart. And, you know, he's had some up and downs in his career. And But you're right, Mark, the last uh, few games in particular, he's been very consistent, uh, very reliable for this Eagles defense in, in a number of ways. He's always been a sure tackler. Uh, he's usually gets the task of uh, trying to bird dog a, an, an opponent's uh, slot receiver which is not easy to do, especially with these guys being as quick as they are and getting separation as quick as they are. But he's been able to hold his own in that regard. Um, And whether they've asked him to play outside or in the inside or come down in the box, he's done everything they've asked him to do well. Um, And those are the kind of players you want to continue to build around because I, I don't think we can emphasize this enough. No matter how many games they win or lose, this is an evaluating season for this team. This is a very pivotal a season for this team in terms of moving forward in their future, meaning 2021. This organization will have to identify which players can we keep, which players do we need to keep, and build everything else around that, coupled in with the high draft picks they have, potentially three high draft picks. You know, we have to make sure that everything we do moving forward complements the other elements of what we want to achieve, uh, not just this season, but beyond this season as well. Mm-hmm. And to keep the good vibes going, uh, Devin, was this what you were talking about? I think we have the photo of Trey, if uh, people wanted to see <laughs> yes. this. <laughs> yes, the best I tweet. <laughs> I saw this 
and just lost it. I was like, that is the funniest thing I've sen- seen a football player tweet, maybe ever a uh, former player, I should say, but especially just knowing his energy and I can like hear him saying it. But again, it was, you know, oh, wow, this is a low point. This is a low point. We've officially become a joke. Yeah. Our coach well, has become a joke. Yeah, like, like we know Trey, the vicious offensive lineman, the, the Eagles uh, Hall of Famer. That's mm-hmm. that's who we know. Mm-hmm. But well, if you really know Trey, mm-hmm. yep. he, he in his mind is always in a state of Bob Ross. He is Bob Ross. <laughs> they're happy little trees. They're happy little blocks. They're not. They're no mistakes. Just happy little accidents, right? That's that's how he operates all the time. So to see that, and I did not see that, Devin, until you pointed it out. That oh is, really? That is. Oh no, I, I did not see that until you uh, you mentioned it earlier. I, I I saw it when we were talking about it at one of the breaks. But uh, I, I that is exactly how he's approaching this right now. And every once in a while, it might be the weirdest thing. It might be the dumbest thing. Like I'll I'll never forget forget talking to Chris Long about the dog masks that we all remember mm. from years ago, right? Mm. It was a stupid little idea that they came up with after a game. Him and Lane Johnson were just, you know, talking. And it's just one of those things. They ordered it on Amazon. And next thing you know, it's the dog mask craze. You never know what it's going to be that can unite and help push a locker room. And I'm not saying a flower speech is the new dog mask or anything like that. But of the stupid things you can think about in sports that have helped unify and bring together a locker room, I will laugh forever at the idea if that is in fact a flower speech after a embarrassing loss to the uh the vegas raiders and like that to me if you go on a flower tangent and that all of a sudden is what pushes you over the edge and makes you actually come together as a team and compete for a wild card even like that will forever be something that lives on in my memory until the cows come home Oh, for sure. And the timing of it, you know, right before Halloween, all the Halloween costumes were incredible. I saw someone with, you know, just like a massive flower around his head and a Sirianni costume. They were really spot on. Um, I am curious to ask John McMullen. I, I remember I saw John McMullen, who obviously is around this team and in these postgame press conferences, tweet uh, the day that that speech went out and kind of went viral, at least around Philly sports, Twitter and social media, that uh, when the actual flower speech was made, it had a lot more uh, curse words in it, maybe a bit more F-bombs and that it actually really did get the team fired up. So I'm definitely curious to ask him more. So maybe that did help. Maybe that was the difference maker. Yeah. Gunner, I know you've seen plenty of them. There's the weirdest thing in the world for whatever reason that starts lighting a fire under people and then it gets, it gets a team going. I still don't think this is it. I I'm laughing at the idea of what if, because we really never know. I still don't, I still don't, I still don't particularly think Nick Sirianni is a very good coach. I think that he he had a very good win today uh, against a team that he should have beaten up on. And he did the things he was supposed to do. Congratulations. Good job. I'll enjoy it for what it is beating the lions. And by the way, if you're just joining us in the chat, everything we said, we, we started the show. Well, we started the show by spelling photosynthesis anyway. uh, But (laughs) good uh, job out of you, by the way, that's Hey, I got every, every uh, spelling test in sixth grade. I got an A on not to brag anyway. uh, But, but in all seriousness, uh, we never know where the, the, the positive vibes will start. And we mm. started this show by saying this is all under the umbrella of it's the Lions. And rather than say that a million times in two hours, we're just going to have it all under the guidelines. And it's, yeah, it's the Lions. We understand who it was, but they still did it. They did what they were supposed to do against the worst team in football. So congratulations to the Eagles on not, first off, being the worst team in football. And congratulations mm. on the Eagle, to the Eagles for doing what they were supposed to do in a game like this, which is a which is a very simple thing that nobody's getting, no one's running away with. And by the way, Devin, you did mention uh, Halloween costumes. 
Uh, Gunner, you didn't wear a Halloween costume at all this week, did you? Yeah, I'm wearing one right now. Can't you tell? Yeah, what, what, what are you, a, a happy Eagles fan? No, a goblin. You're... <laughs> As always, as always, exactly. I will say we exactly. we were talking about this in our in our group text. Uh, what was it Friday? I was yeah. going to come yes. as D Gun. I was just going to throw some fish on the wall behind me. You know, have a grilling spatula, maybe grow a goatee. But I, I didn't and, have enough time. And do not do not tell people what my response was, please. <laughs> some, people, some people would not understand. Well, sense of humor. So. We've had a we've had a good run, yeah. Gunner. It's been a good good no, run no, no. during this we, game. we we didn't say we haven't said anything anything on the air that could no. get us in trouble no hey, we haven't hey, hey i have to say roger what? smith in the comments said derek is more beautiful than devin oh so, what who? so gloves who? are off oh i'm not uh, gonna tell that roger lie. oh i'm not gonna tell that lie so is he is he watching a different show is he yeah, watching exactly. a different show with a derek and a, and a devin know. yeah really uh yeah i don't know what show he's watching because I, I i can't agree with that <laughs> i roger I, i'm offended yeah. but i get it i guess all right, can, we, can we, let's just let's just do this real, real quick, uh, Devin. I, I I know what you were for Halloween. Uh, can you do you want to tell the people? Do you want to share with the good people what you dressed up as? Who you dressed up as for Halloween? Uh, like actual Halloween? Or actual Halloween. Uh, I was Rebecca Welton from Ted Lasso. Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Is that yes. the one? What? There's options. What? <laughs> I had two, I, I had two uh, Halloween things, but yeah, that was my main costume. I was. If you're a fan of Ted Lasso. Uh, I did a group costume, so it wasn't like I was just Rebecca on my own, but I was the team owner, Rebecca Welton. Uh, we can maybe get a picture in here in a little bit. I'll have to dig through my Twitter and find it, but I wore a platinum blonde wig, got some uh, Ted Lasso biscuits. It was great. Oh, you did have the, I didn't see the biscuits. The, you I the did. Biscuit. I did. Yeah. The biscuits didn't make any photos. I should have, I should have included those, but I did have biscuits. Gotcha. Yeah. Did Gunner, do you have any idea what we're talking about? I have no idea. I know, <laughs> I know, I know who Ted Lasso is. I, I, like I said, I watched the first episode and I know it's, it's a phenomenon show right now. Yeah. Everybody's talking about Ted Lasso, but I have not sat down long enough to watch any further episodes. So I am lost in terms of, of uh, who she's talking about right now. So gotcha. But I gotcha. want to see the pictures. I want to see the pictures anyway. Uh, we'll get the pictures. Exist, there we I go. Yeah. There we go. Uh, I, I will say this. This win today had a very Ted Lasso feel to it because you had a head coach. How's this for a transition? You had, you had a coach come out with this weird speech about flowers, and then the team went out there and performed. A lot of times in Ted Lasso, he'll say something that leaves you a little bit puzzled, but actually that team ends up losing anyway. But like this was a little bit of an opposite effect when it came to the, the weird speech, and then the team actually responded and had the win. But when I watched this game, what I couldn't believe was the overall control that this team was under throughout the entire game. There, there was there was never a moment yeah. where I felt like, uh-oh, this is where they're going to choke it away, or yep. this is where they're going to have a bad play, this is where they're going to have a bonehead call, whatever it might be. Even the one play they ran in this that I didn't like, which was the shotgun in your own end zone, that was that, – even that, I was like, no, 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 this Lions team is going to allow you to make a lot of mistakes, and you're still going to be in the game by the time the, you know, the clock hit zero. Uh, and they ended up running away with it, literally and figuratively running away with this game based on how well they were able to run the football. See, I, I'm like you. I'm sitting there when it's 7 nothing, 10 nothing, 17 nothing, and I'm thinking I'm just waiting for the, for the shoe to drop and the bottom to fall out of this feel-good moment right now because of the way they've conditioned us in recent weeks. You know, like the Raiders game. They came out like gangbusters, man. Ran the football, quarterback under center, marched down the field, Strike first, and then all of a sudden, they resort back to what they were. 
and you're sitting there going, I can't believe I'm watching this. So that's why I wasn't really comfortable until the number was what twenty four, twenty four, nothing, whatever it was. I wasn't comfortable mm-hmm. until it was in there, and I kept looking at the clock. Okay, only five minutes left in the third quarter. Only three minutes left in the third quarter. So I'm still, I'm still waiting. It's a comfortable lead. I'm impressed with mm-hmm. the rushing yards. I'm impressed with how they're controlling the clock. And the biggest thing we haven't even talked about is the lack of penalties this team endured yeah. in this game today. If you look at the penalties overall for the last three weeks, the numbers keep going down. So to becoming a more disciplined football team, that discipline coupled with execution equaled an impressive win in this particular game. Now if they can just build on that and be consistent in those areas, games might be a little bit more interesting and the results might be a little bit different, more so in their favor instead of the opposition's. Two well, penalties la- today. Two penalties yeah. today for the Eagles. Yeah. Two penalties. The lack of penalties and then the penalties committed by the by as about to call them the Colts, the Lions. Um right, right. was I, I felt like we were playing ourselves. I'm like, is this what every other team who's played the Philadelphia Eagles has felt like? Where mm. it's just super easy. But yeah. to your point about never feeling safe, I just attribute that to being a Philadelphia sports fan, you know, whether it's Sixers, Flyers, Eagles, I'd never trust a lead, especially with the Sixers. But yeah, I didn't feel safe. Even when we were up 17, nothing at half, I was like, I don't know. They're definitely going to come back. We just got mm-hmm. lucky in the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, definitely uneasy mind and thinking of Philly sports fans, I suppose. Uh, two penalties for the Eagles for 15 yards, eight penalties by the Lions uh, for 50 yards. There's a couple of different plays in this game where I was like, are the, are the refs kind of taking today off? Because they were certainly letting the – they were letting this game – they were letting them play today. Now, look, Marcus Epps came out, had a great first possession uh, for the Eagles' defense, uh, mm. broke up three different plays, got in the backfield on another one, broke up a third down play. That was an obvious pass interference. That was never called. Contact way before the ball ever arrived, but it wasn't called. There was a couple other plays when the Eagles had the ball that the refs kind of looked the other way. There was another play that uh, Jalen Hurst, when he stepped out of bounds at the goal line, they still ended up getting the touchdown. There was a couple of things that they were letting play on that particular play. They ended up calling right. penalties anyway. Uh, right. But there was a couple of interesting things that, that unfolded throughout the game. Uh, but one thing I do want to highlight, uh, Gunnar, you mentioned 24 to nothing. Boston Scott had the touchdown, 24 to nothing at the start of the third quarter. On the next possession, I believe it was, the ensuing possession for the Detroit Lions, Fletcher Cox made a play. On a screen. Did anybody pick yeah, up the irony yeah. in this? Stuff, stuff, the, stuff the screen, yeah. He stuffed a screen. So I assume that was free of charge. That one was free of charge because it doesn't get paid to stop the screen. Yet a ball, they basically ran a play right at him and he was able to shrug off the one. But I also want to note the one-on-one play that he was there. Not, not, not double, not double teamed on this particular play. And he was able to shrug off the offensive lineman and still make the stop on a screen. Yeah, yeah. So there we go. There we go. Free of charge, Fletcher Cox making a making a <laughs> making a stop on a screenplay. So that's good. Uh, when we come back, here's what we got: we got John McMullen joining us from the stadium, from out there, Ford Field. Uh, we have uh, Devin, the amazing Halloween costume uh, from uh, yeah, Ted we Lasso. Have, we have the photos. Uh, we have the photos, yeah. Gunner. We have the photos. <laughs> so, so all you Ted Lasso fans, you make sure you guys uh, stay tuned. And, and, and of course, fans of Devin, which you all are. So what, what, what am I even saying? Uh, but when we come back, we're going to uh, see those. And we're also going to talk to our good friend, John McMullen, about all that unfolded in the Eagles locker room after this game, all the press conferences. And uh, we'll get into that and more when we return. Uh, but also want to tell you that this is brought to you by the great people of Stateside Vodka. Use the promo code Jacob for 15% off. That's 15% off a one liter bottle. Go to statesidevodka.com. That's statesidevodka.com. John John McMullen, when we come back on the live post-game show. 
At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. John Doherty, business manager of Local 98, says it this way. The best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Devin Caney, Derek Gunn with you on the Jacob Media YouTube channel as well as 6abc.com. Let's not forget we are exclusively presented by Ocean Casino Resort. Go for the live show. Go for the win. Without further ado, let's talk to our man all the way from Detroit Rock City. Fun fact, city where I got engaged. Romance capital of the world. Oh. Who knew? Uh, presented, by Mes- <laughs> yeah, right. Mes- uh, presented by Mesa Law and Associates. Need a tough injury lawyer? Call Mesa and Associates. He brings us John McMullen each and every week. Johnny Mac, what's happening, sir? Uh, not much. You're, you're right. I was expecting to hear Detroit Rock City from Kiss, but we didn't hear that. We heard, uh, Sorry. We heard some other stuff, but not Detroit Rock City. <laughs> uh, it's got to be a good vibe in the locker room, flower conversation and all uh, in the Eagles' uh, press conferences following this 44-6 to win over the Detroit Lions. What was the overall uh, conversation point from our good friend Nick Sirianni. Well, I think the overall point was the Lions' offense was, I guess, the water. The defense was the fertilizer. <laughs> the, the, the special teams, Dave Fipless special teams, maybe that was the sunlight. Uh, ah. but yeah, no. I mean, look, uh, a lot of these uh, coaches and, and players specifically had a big problem with the way everybody attacked Nick Sirianni with the flower uh, thing. And they really, they really came out, I think, and 
and, and prove some things for for the head coach because they were they were upset by the way that was spun last week. Hey, hey, John. Um, um, I, I saw Lane Johnson on the Fox pregame show while I was doing a pregame show for ninety-seven point five, and I know he talked to Jay Glazer about his mental health. I understand Lane also spoke after the game today. What did he, what did he talk about? Yeah, he did. Lane kind of uh, went in depth uh, after uh, for the first time since he got back. Uh, he spoke to us and. He let us know this is something he, he's been dealing with for a very long time. He said yep. it's, it started in, in junior college, even yep. before uh, Oklahoma. He's been dealing with it uh, for whatever reason, tried to wean himself off the medication that he was on, uh, said maybe he thought it was a crutch and wasn't feeling good uh, about himself by trying to get through it that way. Um, and he had withdrawal symptoms, and, and that's – kind of when he was forced to leave the team and drive back to Oklahoma. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it, I think all of us that have been around for nine years, I think it is now that Lane Johnson's been in Philadelphia. I mean, this is a guy with a big personality. He's always laughing, always having fun. And you don't think about a guy like that having social anxiety, having depression. But, you know, he brings up Brandon Brooks, who's his best friend on this team. And, you go back to when Brandon really was at the height of his problem mm-hmm. and he was throwing up before games and um, Lane said he was right there with him 530 in the morning and just kept it bottled up from people mm-hmm. uh, for most people um, and and obviously it hit a breaking point but uh, now you see Calvin Ridley walked away from yep. the Falcons for a little bit today so um, it's something that uh, people are taking more seriously, and it, it's certainly, it's certainly a good thing. Um, from the Eagles' perspective, they're thrilled to have him back on the field. And you saw today, sort of that offensive line was kind of the story of the game and how they were able to run the football. So, 1980 Philadelphia is thrilled today. <laughs> uh, John, I, I want to go back to the fertilizer flower speech. Uh, because I know we've all had our fun with that. You know, it's Halloween weekend. Couldn't have been better timing for people needing a costume. Um, But it worked. And I remember I saw uh, a post from you earlier this week after that speech came out where you kind of said the speech wasn't, you know, as delicate and and weird, I guess, as as it sounded in the press conference. Mm -hmm. It actually got the players fired up. And you mentioned the players had Sirianni's back. Can you expand on that a bit? Yeah, they really did. I, I think, you know, it's it's funny, but a couple of well-placed F-bombs can turn anything into a more hardened conversation. So I was talking to a couple of players and, you know, they had saw how, how people kind of spun it. And, and, and they were telling me that, you know, he's saying F, F and, you know, F and this, F and that. And they said they left the meeting room so fired up. They wanted to run through a wall, the old cliche in football for Nick Sirianni so yeah it went over completely different behind doors in the team meeting and that's what a bunch of the guys said today and Nick Sirianni kind of echoed this game was about Wednesday Thursday and Friday and how much the intensity was ramped up and I think in some ways the people that made fun of it kind of kind of fueled that at least a little bit so Maybe they helped the Eagles, even though they didn't think they were helping the Eagles. 
it I, works. I, yeah, yeah. John, I, I said earlier, if Nick Sirianni talking about daisies and whatever, if that's what is the new dog mask, whatever mm. gets it done for you, man. Whatever gets it done for you. And we had we had we had questioned this a little bit earlier in the show, as a matter of fact. So when you try, when you say this, it's it's very interesting. Uh, the fact that you could have something, the weirdest thing, possibly motivate a locker room and maybe bring a team together. Look, look. There's been coaches, and the guy that I always think about, and I'm not saying Nick Sirianni is this guy, but I, I'm a huge fan of that 1980. I mean, who is it? 1980 Olympic hockey team, and you you just happen to reference the year 1980 a second ago. But Herb Brooks knew that he had to be the bad guy to make everybody else come together. Maybe Nick Sirianni, in order with this young team to grow, maybe he's the young and experienced guy that has to take all the shots so that this young team, especially Jalen Hurts, can be a guy growing into his own as an NFL quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I go back to the Super Bowl season and everybody embraced the underdog mask. And I, I was joking, you know, we all knew at the time the Eagles were the best team in football. That that whole underdog thing only unfolded because of Carson Wentz's injury. Yeah. If Carson doesn't get hurt, they're favored in every game. They're the favorite go to the Super Bowl. So in a lot of ways, it was it was hooey. They weren't really underdogs. We knew they were a, a really good team. Uh, but there were questions around Nick Foles, and everybody knew that. And and the team used it. And I said, you know, Doug Peterson would constantly use the media versus, look, this is what we're saying. This is what they're saying about you. And if it works, use it. I, it doesn't matter if it's true or not. If it works, just use it. John, do you think this team will stay committed to running the football, or is it too no. early to tell? I had to ask him because I already knew what he was going to say. He thinks like I think in terms of don't get too jacked up about what you saw today because it could be an illusion. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, well, well, number one, I mean, you know, we, we talk after every game, and most right. games this year the Eagles have been behind by – more than one score. Right. Uh, today they got ahead early and it was a blowout early. And all they had to do was turn around and run the football. So, you know, for people who are saying they won because they ran the football, well, it was part of it. It was certainly part of it early. Uh, and they didn't throw the football much at all. So there's no doubt that it played a heavy part in it. But you, you see the, the run-pass ratio drastically slanted towards the run today because they were yeah. so far ahead. So they were just turning around and running the football in the second half. Obviously, as you get <clears throat> ramped up in competition, let's face it, every game the rest of the season is ramped up competition because this is the worst team in football. I guess mm -hmm. you could argue the Houston Texans. Maybe, those, maybe the Lions and Texans should – uh, play each other for relegation. We should go to English Premier Soccer <laughs> Rules uh, because they are terrible. And it starts next week with the Chargers. Well, if you run the ball, I forget what it ended. I know late in the game it was 45 to 16, but whatever it ended at. Uh, if you try to run the ball 45 times against the Chargers and only throw it 16 times, you're going to get smacked. That's not the mm -hmm. modern NFL. And Justin Herbert's going to be on the other side next week. John, you know, going into this game, uh, there wasn't, you know, officially a lot at stake, but a lot of people were speculating that had we lost this game, it wouldn't have ended well for either Howie Roseman, coaches, Jalen Hurts, um, players before the trade deadline. Do you think this win has changed any of that? 
No, but not not in the way you're saying, Devin. I, I, I don't think it was – I mean, no coach was getting fired if they lost this game. I mean, mm. it, it, it was it, – it would have been horrible for, for the coaching staff. It would have been horrible for the organization to go through uh, the next week if they lost to a, a winless team. But, I, I mean, Jeffrey Lurie ha- has shown patience. He's not the type of guy who's going to fire – uh, coaches midseason, it doesn't accomplish much, um, and and he understands there's got to be some kind of uh, curve when it comes to the growing process. So I think a little of that was overstated. Obviously, Howie wasn't getting fired midseason, uh, and then you know maybe it would have made them listen to a few more f- phone calls when it comes to Tuesday and the trade trade deadline, but. Mm-hmm. You know, the NFL as a whole, they've already traded two players. It's not baseball. It's not basketball. It's not hockey where you have significant movement. Mm-hmm. There's only a certain number of players that, <clears throat> that can go and be traded. Guys like Fletcher Cox. I mean, yeah, people are calling trying to lowball the Eagles because he's unhappy. But mm-hmm. um, they're not going to give him away for a late uh, day three pick. So. I think it would have changed the trade trade deadline a loss a little bit, but not from you know firing coaches or or firing the GM. That just wasn't going to happen. Mm. Uh, as far as I, look, I think we all understand you're not going to run the ball 46 times again against the Chargers. However, do you think we'll see a little bit of maybe Boston Scott sprinkled in from this point on? It, I mean, all but for just the fact that you have a lack of options right now at the running back position with Miles Sanders being out there. Do you think we'll see Boston Scott run the ball a little bit more for this team? Mm-hmm. Same thing with Jordan Howard. Will we take anything that we saw from this particular game and apply it for the rest of the season? Yeah, I think the one thing I kept hearing today that was a little bit wrong was that, you know, Kenny Gainwell had fallen behind uh, Boston Scott and and Mm -hmm. Jordan Howard uh, because of the fumble. But really it was in-game, Miles injury in-game versus having a week to prepare. So they want Kenny to stay in that role to be the third down back, to be the hurry-up back. Now, until late in this game, he didn't get much playing time because, again, just like we said with the running game, uh, they were ahead by two scores. So you don't have to play. Uh, they're, they're ahead by more than two scores. So you don't have to play hurry up. You don't have to play a lot of third down. We got to pass the ball. So it was just natural that Boston Scott and Jordan Howard um, got more time early in the game. And then they went to Kenny a little bit later in the game. Uh, they're going to be the running back ones, so to speak, and it's going to be Boston and Jordan Howard mixed in, and then Kenny's going to have his role. So if you tell me how the game is going to go next week, are they going to be behind 10 points? Then Kenny Gainwell is going to be in there. Are, you going to, are they going to be ahead 10 points? And Boston Scott's going to be in there. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, John, um, how, did, how did Sirianni um, break down what they were able to do today. You know, a lot of people have criticized Sirianni for the way he avoids answering questions directly. Now, obviously, this was a feel-good moment, very positive situation for this team. How did he handle how he answer, answered a lot of why why he had a good measure of success in this particular game? Well, I, I think he did go in realizing, and, and in fact, he said, you know, his scripted plays, he calls them openers. Uh, five of the first seven plays were design run calls, and he wanted that uh, because he saw something in Detroit. Uh, 
where he thought they could run the football effectively. It turned out to be uh, true. I think you probably could have passed the ball mm-hmm. effectively <laughs> as well. <laughs> um, but, you know, maybe that's not true. And maybe, you know, the biggest thing, and I, I, I talked to a couple other reporters and I said, I don't know how much I learned from this game just because how, how bad Detroit is. Mm-hmm. And it's not a, a shot at the Eagles because the Eagles handle business. That part of it. Mm-hmm. Is, right. is certainly a positive. I mean, they dominated. So you can only play who's put in front of you. Who's put in front of them is the worst team, and they dominated. So they mm-hmm. deserve credit for that. But I do sit and I look at, at Jalen Hurts, and I see, you know, 14 throws or whatever it was was not effective throwing the football. Um, some of the same things you've seen that have been themes throughout the season – Maybe a little hesitant to pull the trigger when some something is there. When he does pull the trigger, it's a little bit late than it should mm-hmm. be. Didn't help Devontae Smith drop to pass early again, uh, which is becoming a theme. Dallas Goddard, though, mm-hmm. was great. I mean, mm-hmm. Dallas Goddard was the entire uh, passing game. Again, they didn't need it. Mm-hmm. But the only reason I bring it up mm-hmm. is it's the one concern. You're going to need the passing mm-hmm. game in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You just are. Yeah, uh, you mentioned Jalen Hurts, and this question is almost uh, half on behalf of the viewers in the comments, because I've seen a lot of people comment on Jalen Hurts, you know, not looking too happy, him maybe not playing well. What was his vibe in the postgame presser? I know he's been pretty down on himself, especially after last week. Um, Was he happy with his performance and the team's performance today? No, I, I think Jalen, I mean, the one thing I've said pretty consistently about Jalen is how even keeled he is. And, it, you know, mm. that that's the case in bad games, good games. And, you know, he was asked about only throwing it uh, a, a few times, 14 times. And he said hey, he goes right back to the win. I'm excited to get a win. Now, that's cliche and we all we all know, but it, it, it has been Jalen Hurts. It's not like he deviates from that at any point. So, you know, the few times the Eagles have been clicking uh, from a, a passing perspective, he's had the same mentality and he's expressed the same sentiment. So I, I, I don't worry about Jalen Hurts as far as being happy or, or being unhappy. Um, mm. He understands stood what was going on today and that was they were just really really effective running the ball um and that included him by the way he did a tremendous job as mm-hmm. he usually does mm-hmm. uh scrambling uh and, and getting big plays that way and the eagles had three runners over 50 yards it's the third time in i think 30 years that they've been able to do that so um they didn't have to pass the ball today. So I, I don't think it's a concern from Jalen Hurts' standpoint. I, I The only reason I brought it up is because, look, 24-hour rule, this game's over. Now you got to start That's thinking right. about the Chargers. That's the right. Chargers, you're going to have to throw the ball to beat them. Mm-hmm. Mm. Absolutely. Um, before that Chargers game, NFL trade deadline on Tuesday, uh, 4 p.m. You mentioned Fletcher Cox. His name has been out there. The Eagles are getting calls for him. Not a big surprise there. Andre Dillard's name has been brought up. What do you think the Eagles do prior to the 4 p.m. trade deadline on Tuesday? Uh, you know, because remember, they, as I said, they already they already traded two players. So sure. in, in a lot of ways that trade deadline has already started for the Eagles. Look, I, I think if somebody uh, calls up Howie Roseman and offers a, a, a day two pick for Andre Dillard, I, I think he's got to 
seriously listen to it. If it, if it's day three, though, I don't think he's going to take it. it. It's not worth it, especially uh, with Lane's issues, not only what we were just talking about, but also his ankle issues, which are, which are still, uh, uh, you know, he downplayed them today. But he's mentioned in the past he's had some swelling and continues to have some issues there. Uh, so you start thinking, well, you know, maybe we need Andre Dillard. And, and Fletcher Cox is the same way. People are trying to get a discount saying, okay, he's not happy. Maybe the Eagles will give him up for nothing. Um, and they're not going to do that. So there's, you know, the win helps. You know, I thought Steve Nelson mm-hmm. was a guy because he's having a good year. He doesn't make a lot of money. He's a veteran corner. There's a lot of uh, contenders in this league that need veteran corners. If they lost this game, I thought he'd maybe be a guy. Look, he's not going to be here next year, so get something for him. But they won the game. So that's the kind of guy who I think a loss could have affected, and and maybe they moved in a more aggressive direction to move him. But now that's out the window. What about uh, Eric Wilson, who was a healthy scratch? Well, Kevin, you could get more from me than Eric Wilson. (laughs) (laughs) We'd we'd be selling high, John. I mean, with you, I mean, we'd be selling high, my friend. uh, You know, Eric got benched today, obviously. So that's not the best best way to say to the rest of the league, hey, come give us something for Eric Wilson. (laughs) Now, maybe somebody gives you a conditional seventh round pick. And obviously – he doesn't have much of a future here, so I'm not going to say nothing mm-hmm. could happen, but they're certainly not going to get much back for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, John McMullen, uh, when was the last time you wore a Halloween costume? Oof. Uh, and what was it? I, Who was it? Uh, I, Mark, wow. I, I think I, I would have to go back to college, and it, it would be one of those stupid get 15 seconds thought to it so it was probably a football coach i can't even remember <laughs> really you can't remember one halloween costume that, it's been a while mark i haven't dressed <laughs> wow. up for halloween so you didn't you weren't one of the people who dressed up as nick sirianni with a bag of fertilizer <laughs> no i would i would have uh. meant more did you say ted lasso Devin? everybody's dressing yes. up as ted lasso but yep. i, I would have yep. went more you know Nathan or 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 uh, the angry Roy Kent. I would have went Roy, <laughs> Roy Kent. Kent. Yeah, Roy's easy because you just wear all black. I was I did a Ted Lasso costume. We talked about it earlier in the show. I was Rebecca, so I didn't know that you watched. I'm glad that you know. D Gun doesn't have <laughs> oh, a great clue. show. I have no idea. Great show. <laughs> great show. I I need a John McMullen Roy Kent. I need that. Oh I need that image. <laughs> I need that photo. Maybe as your next, I don't know, uh, Twitter profile uh, there, John. I think that would just make everybody's day. You tend to get the angry, at least some of the time. Right. (laughs) Uh, One thing we didn't get into enough with you, Jonathan Gannon after the game. uh, I know the defensive coordinator doesn't speak, but defensive players. The defense certainly seemed a lot more aggressive today. Yeah, they were. The key, you know, and that's why I said, how much did you really learn from this game? And we're going to have to just, you know, have to put an asterisk next next to this game and look mm-hmm. at next week and say, is right. it real or did they only get aggressive because they know Detroit has no receivers? Right. They know Detroit can't hurt them down the field, um, and they were had the ability to be more aggressive. Now next next week's quarterback again, we've mentioned him a couple times. He can gas you down the field, 
So, mm-hmm. you know, if Jonathan Gannon shows up next week and the safeties are in South Jersey playing, you know, across the wall Whitman, you know, it doesn't mean anything. If he said we got to get more aggressive, then maybe, maybe they they not only learned something from this game, but they took something out of this game and they have a little bit more confidence. Uh, any updates on any of the injuries, Jack Driscoll, uh, Jalen Rager, anything like that? Uh, no, not yet. But it, yeah. it, it's uh, you know one of the things where where Jack and and Jalen were ruled out uh, pretty early after they were injured. Um, we'll have to keep an eye on that Wednesday because again, they, they didn't need them. So I think they were more susceptible to say, all right, let's not, let's not push this, uh, because we're going to win this game easily. So I don't think necessarily that's entirely negative, like it might be, uh, in a typical game, but certainly, um, you have to be, uh, uh, watchful of that on Wednesday, Jalen Rager, uh, um, got involved early in this game on those manufactured touches and was pretty yep. effective. Yep. Um, and that's something they could add to this offense and be helpful. But obviously, if he's not available, you got to scratch that off. And Jack Driscoll's been probably one of the more underrated players on this team. He's taken a real, real <coughs> big positive step forward this year. Absolutely. Uh, John, always a pleasure catching up with you. Uh, next time we talk, we'll maybe remember your favorite Halloween costume from a kid. And, uh, and lastly, uh, Reese's or Snickers? Oh, uh, Snickers. Snickers. What? You're damn right. Ooh. Yeah, you're damn right. Ooh. That's right. I knew you and I were buds. I knew you were... Oh, the piping hot takes. We're a divided <laughs> show, folks. We're Ooh. a divided show. John McMullen, thanks so much for joining us on live post game show as per usual. And uh, safe travels coming back to Philadelphia, man. All right. Mm. Thank you. Appreciate Wow. Appreciate you, John McMullen. Uh, look at that. So John and I go Snickers, and no, then you two are Reese's no. people. Look at this. Yeah, only. Yeah. L- l- let me tell you something. Yeah. I love I love Snickers, but when it comes to the candy candy world, Reese's is like lobster filet mignon of the candy <laughs> world. Uh, there's 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 Reese's, and then yeah. there's everybody else. There's there's Baby Ruth, you know, Mr. Yeah. Goodbar, Snickers. Uh, what what you what 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 you may call it? It just trickles down from there. But you know, Reese's is like the god of candies. Mm. You know, when you hold up a Reese's to the sky, a beam of light, you know, trickles down from the heavens. Oh, is that what happened? It's definitely the most unifying candy. My Halloween candy hot take is that almond joys are actually really good. Oh, almond joys! Oh, yes. Oh my yes. god. Have the same taste. We need to do Halloween wow. together next year. Matter of fact, <laughs> I'm gonna have a come I'm gonna have some almond joys and Reese's downstairs when I'm done. You go along with the barbecue, of course. That'll be my dessert. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past you to grill a Reese's cup just because just I know you. Uh hey, when we when we, when we when we come back, uh, yes, by the way, for all the people in the comments, yes, happen. we do have Devin's Halloween costume. We will be showing you guys from Ted Lasso. So we'll get to that. Also, if you guys are liking us on the, or you guys are watching us on the YouTube channel, make sure you, make sure you, I got to speak the language. So you guys just make sure that you hit the like button, smash that like button on the YouTube channel for Jacob Media. And if you're watching us on 6ABC, just uh, give us a wave. That's all all we got right there. Uh, When we come back, we got more live post-game show. And let's not forget that this fine program is brought to you by the great people of Ocean Casino Resort. Go for the live show. Go for the win. More live post-game show when we return. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. 
go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The live post-game show is powered by IBEW Local 98. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. John Doherty, business manager of Local 98, says it this way. The best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave. Welcome back, live post game show. Mark Farzetta, Derek Gunn, Devin Caney with you talking uh, Eagles football, obviously, after the 44 to Eagles win, 44 to 6 Eagles victory over the Detroit Lions. A feel good win. You did what you were supposed to do against a terrible team. For those joining us in the chat just now, now, uh, just let you know that, that we have this all under the umbrella of yes, it was the Lions. So no one's getting overexcited. We're just simply being happy that we, I look, put it this way. I don't think we're going to get too many opportunities to see the Eagles win a game 44-6 to this year. So I'm going to go ahead and bask in the joy, no matter who it's against. I'm going to go ahead and bask in the joy of that type of win. I think we can all, all agree with that. Um, as far as uh, this defense goes, we've talked about how, this, how they played aggressive football. They need to do that again. We've talked about how they, how they ran the football in this game, and they certainly need to do that again. But, I, again, because it's the Lions, I think we all understand – that they're not going to run the ball 46 times next week against the, uh, the, the the Chargers, right? I think we get all get that. But if we could just watch them at least attempt to run the ball, 
like they did almost against the Raiders to start things out and then get away from that as quickly as possible. If they could just take a little bit of that, that running attack and the success that they had in this particular game and apply it for the rest of the season, mm-hmm. I think we're going to be in a much better place. And mix in the idea of a more aggressive defense, I think they'll be in a much better place. Because I understand that you don't want don't to ever give up the big play. But every once in a while, it might help out a struggling defensive line to blitz a little bit like they did uh-huh. today. And if your defensive line is having a little bit, hitting a little bit of a rut, they didn't do that in this game because Josh Sweat got two sacks earlier in this game. You saw Derek Barnett get a sack. You saw Hassan Ridgeway. Milton Williams got his first sack. It's the first time we're talking about Milton Williams uh-huh. since the preseason. I so, feel like we're doing like the Oprah, like you get a sack and you yeah, get right, a sack. Right. Yeah. Well, you get six <laughs> sacks in a game. You sack Jared Goff five times. You sack your backup once. Like This is a game that you can just say, all right, you know what? The defensive line got home. But even with that, some of that was a result of the blitz. It might not be Alex Singleton who was blitzing on two of those plays, getting into the backfield, but he was drawing a man. So that means that somebody else wasn't getting double teamed. And that's what helped you get home on a few of those sacks. Mm-hmm. The Derek Barnett sack, that's what happened. Uh, the uh, I believe it was the Milton Williams sack as well. The Hassan Ridgeway sack was just one-on-one. He beat his man, got in the backfield, and that was that. But if you look at that aggression and just dialing up at least three different blitzes that you saw, two of them resulted in sacks. Not by mm-hmm. the blitzer but still by the defensive line. I want to see a little bit of that going forward as well. You know what? Think, think about it as, as a personal attack. You know, if you're personally attacked, you can only take so much, you know, before you want to retaliate. And I think that's the way you look at it in terms of how the Eagles approach this game. They've been attacked from every different angle. You can national media, local media, fan base, a rabbit, passionate, knowledgeable fan base. You know, all the darts have been thrown at them individually, collectively. And, you know, they finally found an opponent they could take their frustrations out on. Now, you know, even though they played a much a much more inferior opponent, as we've talked about throughout the course of this postgame show, there are certain things that they can look at on film and hopefully capitalize on those things um, moving forward. Um, will they have the same type of success? You don't know. But you don't know until you try, at least. Blitzing more. Uh, being stouter against the run, um, you know, giving your, your cornerbacks more opportunities to play man for man and, and, and attacking these quarterbacks. And then, of course, staying healthy is a big key in terms of who you're going to have to play. And the reason I said that, I just saw a few moments ago, um, you know, Jameis Winston was just carted off the field down in New Orleans with a leg injury. Mm-hmm. Okay, now everybody's already thinking before that, uh, Eagles play the Saints, that's going to be a loss here. You know, they're going to lose that game. And Trevor Simeon is now the quarterback. He's only thrown six passes since 2017. So right now, that's an even-steven game. You know, they're playing the defending Super Bowl champion Buccaneers. But can you imagine this Eagles defense having to face a Trevor Simeon? And not to say Jameis Winston is a world beater, but that's right. a big difference from Jameis Winston to Trevor Simeon. Yeah. Uh, so, so, you know, you just don't know, you know, how things are going to fall in place for you. And, of course, having that 17th game, and if you stack up a few wins, who knows? We could be sitting here in mid-December talking about this Eagles team, possibly, and I emphasize the word, possibly before people lose their minds, talking about D-Gun saying the Eagles are a playoff team. I said no. I said possibly we could be sitting here in mid-December talking about this Eagles team is still alive looking at a wild card spot. You've been talking to Brandon Graham. Too much. I'm so glad you brought up Brandon Graham's name because before the game started, you know, I, t- I told you guys, he said he was going to Detroit. And if he went to Detroit for this game, that the team was going to win big. 
And I said, well, well, number one, I said, how interesting it is you're going to Detroit to play an Ofer Detroit Lions team. And number two, you get a free trip to go home to Michigan. So he just laughed. So I texted him during the game today when I was doing a pregame show. I said, are you with the team? He goes, no, I'm at home. So then as the game unfolded and it got to the fourth quarter before we came on, I said, I said, I can't believe it. You were actually accurate today. He goes, Degon, I don't want to hear from you right now. He goes, I told you we were going to win this game big. So he was beating his chest all week long. And I'm going back and forth with him. I'm saying, look, you'd be lucky to win the game. Just take a win and just ride off into the sunset. Man, they beat. They beat them something. They put a beat down on Detroit today. So Brandon's pumping, you know, he's pumping his chest. Deegan, I told you, so he goes, but I'm not talking to you today. That's okay. All right, fine. <laughs> well, All right. well, that's a big change because didn't he say last week after the, the terrible Raiders game, he was like, look, I can't talk right now. But we're, he did say we're going right, to get right. it together. Right, right, he wasn't wrong. Right. No, he wasn't I do, I do wonder what it would be like. Um, I'm having uh, – I'm spacing out right now on what a defensive player was – uh, basically a stand-in defensive coordinator last week. And and I it, I couldn't help but think, you know, what if Brandon Graham just threw a headset on and, and how much of a difference that would make? Or he was uh, coaching the defensive line. And, I mean, Brandon Graham, we know what a leader he is. We love his positivity. You know, we laugh and joke. And he did say they were going to make the playoffs. Still don't know if that's true. Deacon, you seem to support that theory now. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I do wonder what him actually being on the sidelines would do to boost the defense. Well, I don't know because he gave an emotional speech before the uh, Raiders game. You know, he got choked mm -hmm. up before that Raiders game about having pride about how you play. And they went out and laid a golden egg in that Raiders game. <laughs> yeah. And then your head yeah. coach comes out and he's talking about roses and daisies <laughs> and everything is happy-go-lucky and we're going to blossom as a team. And we're all on the outside looking in, making fun of it. And they go out mm -hmm. and blast the Detroit Lions. And well, we're yeah. sitting there going, hold up, folks, pump the brakes. It's only the Detroit Lions. Yeah. Who knows? So I that's why I said week to week, you don't know what's going to happen, but that's the beauty of it because mm. we sit here and we analyze and we predict. And a lot of times what we are expecting doesn't necessarily happen. So yeah. and that's what I love about the game the most. I, I just want everyone in the comment section. I want all of us. I want everyone that's got like going in an office or have a zoom meeting tomorrow, whatever you got going on. I just want somebody to just ignore the fact that it's the Lions and act like the Eagles are about to win the Super Bowl. That's what I, that's the vibe I want to put out for the rest of this week from everybody. Um, real quick, I want to get this in. You mentioned some natives there. You mentioned Brandon Graham, obviously a Michigan guy. Michigan guy. Jeff McClain saying after the game, Inquirer, uh, Inquirer.com. Avante Maddox asked Darius Slay for the fumbled football that Slay ran into the end zone, and he did get the ball, and that's the ball you saw him give his father who was in attendance at the game, and Fox did a great job of catching that. So that was uh, that was a pretty cool thing. Also, I uh, want to get this out from uh, Jeff McClain. Uh, Jalen Hurts is saying that the Eagles are still creating their own identity. So hopefully we'll see that come to fruition a little bit more okay. against okay. The, uh, the, uh, the, the, the the Chargers as well. Chargers. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we'll keep uh, our Mark, fingers crossed for that. Yes. Mark, speaking of Detroit, I need to hear why did you get engaged in Detroit? Because I know it's I know it's a city of lights and so yeah. romantic and yeah no it's there but oh I wrote well, did, did you refer to Detroit as romantic I I referred to the the romance capital of the world yeah what do you, what do you think it's Paris come on uh, you know I across the water in Windsor right <laughs> no I didn't I went to the Swiss oh. chalet across the the way but anyway that's another okay. thing right. um, no okay. I got so it was uh, New Year's Eve twenty seventeen. And I was working for Sunday Night Football. The last game of the regular season was in Detroit. 
And my wife said, wherever you are, New Year's Eve, I'm flying out to where my girlfriend at the time said, do you, I'm coming out wherever you're going for, uh, for the game. So it was Detroit and she came with me to Detroit. We had a lovely dinner. We, uh, we, we were in the main Piazza, main Piazza, main square of the Detroit. And, uh, right before midnight, she basically gave me an ultimatum. I had to propose to her before 27 or 2018. So I waited till 11:59:50. got down on one knee proposed. She said, yes. And here we are four years after that, uh, happily married for three years with a beautiful child and one on the way. So Aww. there we go. Thanks, Detroit. Thanks, Detroit. I'm emotionally yeah. touched right now. I, I yeah. yeah, there we go. So that, there's that. Romance capital of the world, hmm. ladies and gentlemen. Uh, when we come back, more engagement story. No, uh, when we come back, <laughs> uh, what you what, so I know you people there in the chat have been waiting for, Devin's Halloween <laughs> costume. So we'll show you that as well as uh, give you our game balls. First time in a while we get to give away game balls. So that's a mm -hmm. thing. That's when we return here on Live Post Game Show. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Yeah, okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. The live post-game show is powered by IBEW Local 98.
What a game. What a game. My, oh, my. Welcome back to the Eagles postgame show presented by the phenomenal people at Ocean Casino Resort. Go for the live show. Go for the win. I want to get this out from our good friend Jeff Skaversky just to uh, say this one more time. Eagles in this win did a phenomenal job running the football. 236 yards on the ground, 446 rushes. That's an average of five yards per carry, including four touchdowns on the ground as well. Jeff Skaversky, our good friend from 6ABC, watching on 6ABC.com. Eagles, 225-plus yards rushing and four touchdowns. First time they've done that on the road in 41 years. So it's been a minute. It's been a minute to say that. <laughs> and, and it could be another minute before we ever see that again. Oh, I never, never again. This right, is the last right, time we will ever right, see exactly. the Eagles do that. Season high in points. This is all from Jeff. Season high in points, rush yards, rushing touchdowns, and sacks. Most rushing touchdowns in eight years, most points since 2017. First time in 11 years with over 125 rushing yards and two touchdowns in the first half of a game. Third mm-hmm. time in the last 30 years. Three Eagles players with 50 or more rushing yards. So that's what went into today's game. Bottom line, a win is a win is a win. They did what they were supposed to do against a terrible Detroit Lions team. Mm -hmm. And that's all we're taking away from this. Except, Gunner, I believe in the last segment, you guaranteed them to make the playoffs, right? Is that what happened? According to the comment, that's what happened. What comment? Who said that? who, 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 Who actually said that? Wait, wait, wait. Somebody's been drinking a little bit too much. <laughs> you were you you were pretty positive last no, segment, no, no, though. No, no, I'm not no, gonna no, say you. No, I know you no, said you're not no. saying playoffs, but did I say? Huh? Did you hear me emphasize the word possibly? Possibly, I didn't say it's they were making a, a no. playoffs. It's not a no. Oh, it's, I think there was a far, glitch. It's far from her. Yes, <laughs> that's <laughs> for sure. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Speaking of comments, though, I just want to yeah. highlight one that made me laugh. Uh, wait, most... there, there, there it was right there. What? There it was right there. Moe's comment. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry I missed that. Yeah. <laughs> um. Also, Mo said our defense is the worst. Period. We couldn't stop Penn State in a game, and that just gave Ooh. me a laugh. That <laughs> is pretty savage. Sorry wow. for the Penn State fans out there. Even uh, after a win, people are vicious. Wow. <laughs> oh it's the only goodness. gear we have, Gunner. It's the only yeah. gear we have. Uh, Devin, maybe, maybe what would bring them happiness? Your amazing uh, uh, Ted Lasso. Uh, costume. If you would, if you want to, if you want to go for it. Oh, yeah. Rebecca Welton. I don't know if we have an actual picture of of what she looks like, but apparently it was pretty spot on. I thought my wig looked like George Washington, but I was going to say, know. That, I don't want to offend anybody because I'm just throwing it out there. But yeah, fully I, looks like George Washington or Khaleesi from Game of Thrones, but everyone said I actually looked like Rebecca Welton. I no, also I think it, did. Yeah. As I mentioned. Costume. Well, it also works. I was with a group of people. We had a Trent Krim. We had, obviously, a Ted, uh, Nate, uh, who else? Roy Kent. Uh, the list goes on. So, all together, we did a pretty good job. Was anybody Coach Beard? No, because no one has colorful bell bottoms, and you had to have that for the costume, unfortunately. <laughs> that's, that's deep into the Ted Lasso uh, stratosphere, yeah. if you will. There, no, I thought it was a <laughs> phenomenal costume. I did see the photo of you and all your friends. I thought everyone looked great. Uh, they were, they everyone yeah. hit it out of the park right there, no doubt. Uh, football is life. Um, all right, <laughs> game balls, folks. Game balls here in our final segment. We actually get to give game balls. Anyone uh, want to jump at the first one? I'll go. go You'll ahead. go. I'll all go. right, I'll go, go for it. 
My game ball, uh, and I, I believe I've taken balls away from this man, goes to Jonathan Gannon because, you know, as we talked about earlier in the show, we and we talk about throughout this season, it's all about seeing progress with this young team, this young coaching staff, uh, seeing adjustments and seeing improvement. And we had been seeing only regression, I thought, from the entire team. Uh, up until today, I, I liked that he finally started kind of coaching uh, to his players' strengths, again, was it Fletcher Cox's uh, comments to the press? I don't know, um, but blitzed more. And I hope that we keep that up. I personally am not a fan of his usual scheme of stopping the big plays. I just don't think it's clearly not working. And I know, again, it's the Lions. Um, but I still think that we should stick with what we saw today in terms of defense. So my game ball goes to Jonathan Gannon. Jonathan Gannon. Gunner, who do you got? Oh, I think without a doubt, I have to give it to Nick Sirianni uh, for sticking to his guns. Um, we've been screaming at this man to run the football, and he's given us every excuse known to mankind why he has not run the football, except today he had no excuses because he ran the football today to make up for the other six games he did not run the football. And it was very productive. So I'm giving the game ball to Nick Sirianni. He finally gets all the criticism off his back for at least seven days. <laughs> there we go. Seven uh, days. All right. Yeah. Seven days. Yeah, My game ball goes to Boston Scott because I don't think we're going to have another opportunity to give him a game ball because he's right. not going to run right. the football nearly as much as he did in this game. Nor, yeah. Neither is Jordan Howard, unfortunately. They should, and I'm rooting for it, and I want to see it. I just don't think that this coaching staff is going right. to stick to what the, anything close to what they did in this mm -hmm. game. And that's not to say I'm expecting 40-plus runs every week now. I just don't think they'll even get 15 or 20 runs consistently as the season goes on. So for this game, a guy I've wanted to see get the ball in his hands more, finally got the ball in his hands, albeit because of injury, yep. but he got the ball nonetheless. Boston Scott, two touchdowns, both rushing, looked phenomenal in this game. Want to see more of that as the season goes on. A man can hope, a man can wish. Uh, also, one more time, I want to tell everyone thanks for watching the uh, live postgame show presented exclusively by Ocean Casino Resort. Go for the live show. Go for the win. Uh, Devin, uh, as you would assume, your uh, your uh, ho uh, Halloween costume was a hit. So there you go. Congratulations on that. Gunner, we'll get you in a Halloween costume next time around at some yeah. point, maybe? Not going to happen. No. Christmas not, time. Christmas Halloween costume. I got, I, got, I got ugly Christmas sweaters. We can do that. Okay, all right. Yeah. I'm down. I'm right, down. Cool. Yeah. Uh, as of right now, I believe uh, my, uh, my two-year-old uh, needs me to take her out as uh, Rapunzel. So she's going out <laughs> as Rapunzel. I'm going to go uh, fulfill my fatherhood duties and take my daughter around the neighborhood, getting some fine candy. And if she gets Snickers, dad tax. Reese's, <laughs> I'll give to you guys. Yeah, uh, send a Reese's, thank yes. Th thanks for watching, everybody. Don't forget, you can uh, share and subscribe to the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Make sure you do that. And uh, thanks to everyone that watched on the Jacob Media YouTube channel, as well as 6abc.com. For Derek Gunn and Devin Caney, I'm Mark Farzetta. Thanks for watching, everybody. Much appreciated. We'll catch you next week when the Eagles take on the Chargers. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You... 
could say that. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. John Doherty, business manager of Local 98, says it this way. The best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that.